We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Washington Commanders have found their next head coach. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, has agreed to become the new Commanders head man. And It means that all head coaching jobs in the NFL have now been filled after Quinn got the job in Washington, Mike McDonald in Seattle, Raheem Morris taking the Falcons job, Dave Canales being hired in Carolina, Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL with the Chargers, Brian Callahan, the former offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals, taking the Titans job, Antonio Pierce, the interim coach of the Raiders, remains in Las Vegas, and Gerard Mayo, linebackers coach, promoted to head coach of the New England Patriots. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Ron, let's go out to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. As we have mentioned, offensive coordinator is the third most scrutinized position in all of Pittsburgh sports behind the Steelers coach and the Steelers quarterback, and oftentimes it rises to the top spot. You know, like after the defense has more touchdowns than the offense after two games in a season like this season, right? It sometimes can be number one. So old Artie Smith better get ready for that. He was in the frying pan in Atlanta. Uh, It didn't go well, although our next guest, Mike Rothstein from ESPN, who covers the Falcons, I think may have a higher opinion of some of those Falcons offenses than a lot of people out there. Mike, we appreciate you joining us. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. All the buzz in town, of course, about Arthur Smith. And, you know, from what I read, what I hear, what people are saying all around the league, I get the impression that there was some good in their offense, certainly creative run game, but I also think people charge him with not using his best weapons in the red zone, failing in the red zone, and overall uh, not having the ability to identify the right quarterback. So good and bad, sort of a mixed bag with Arthur Smith. Your take. What are the Steelers getting here? Yeah, I mean, so there's nuance to a lot of this, right? Like, there is. Um, the not using his targets, his playmakers enough, it was kind of an overblown thing that, you know, and a lot of it, honestly, a lot of the criticism came uh, in multiple ways. One, Arthur Smith was critical of fantasy football, and that rubbed people the wrong way. And there was a game where B. John Robinson ended up playing really four snaps because he was dealing with illnesses. The Falcons ended up getting fined for that with, injury report uh, questions. And and that's really where a lot of this started because Bajon Robinson actually led the Falcons in touches last year, and he had almost 1,500 all-purpose yards, and that's with missing a game, right? Like some of the the criticisms in the first half of the season last year were valid, especially Bajon Robinson's usage in the red zone. But Arthur Smith admitted that, listen, I didn't want to wear Bajon Robinson out 
So therefore, when you're sitting there in week 16, week 17, he's not healthy or not, you know, where we need him to be potentially in using his words because in big games. So he did not necessarily recognize, and there was no way to really know this, um, how much Bijan Robinson could handle, right? So after the bye, you saw him in the red zone almost every single play. So, like, he kind of altered that. In terms of the offense itself, they had really bad quarterback play, I would say, the last two years. Definitely this past year, some of the red zone issues that they had this past year, some of it was not great play calling, to be very blunt. But some of it, too, was the fact that their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, turns the ball over a ton and turns the ball over in the red zone more than any quarterback in the NFL. So that hurts those numbers, too. And there's only so much that Arthur Smith can do about that. He can't, you know, uh, crazy glue the ball to Desmond Ritter's hand, you know. So that's part of it, too. Uh, There were some definite questions about some of the pass concepts uh, that were valid. The run game generally pretty creative on the whole, pretty innovative. And you can go back and look at really what he was able to do in Tennessee with Derrick Henry and really what he was able to do the first two years in Atlanta in 2022, guys, it did not matter what running back was back there. You had Cordero Patterson, who's a converted wide receiver. You had Tyler Algier, who was a fifth-round rookie. And then you had Caleb Huntley. And it did not matter who was back there. They gained yards and were effective because of the run scheme and, the, and how he drew up and improved the offensive line. And he did improve the offensive line play as well. So the run game is very legit. There are some definite questions about the pass game, but some of that, too, had to do with, frankly, bad quarterback play. Well, that may be what he has here, Mike. Um, you know, every they, they said they Tomlin said he wanted a guy that you know could help us get the most out of his quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Is Arthur Smith capable of doing that? I think he is. Uh, I think you can go look at kind of what he did with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, and he found the best way to to make Tannehill work and, and turned him into a, a pretty good quarterback after some issues in Miami. Uh, you can see kind of some of what he did with Marcus Mariota because Marcus Mariota was, was playing okay until he wasn't, and a lot of that was accuracy issues. Desmond Ritter, there were, you know, people will look at the overall numbers, and the turnovers were awful. Like, just to be very clear, the turnovers were awful. But there were shades of improvement that, had he been able to cut down on the turnovers, would have, I think, had a lot of people looking at Desmond Ritter in a different light. So there is a potential of developing the quarterback there, but I understand the concern with it because, you know, the other quarterback he worked with is Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is a very much known commodity at the end of his career, but he's largely been able to get the most out of his players. Uh, But listen, you know, some of it too comes down to whether the quarterback can hold on to the ball. And at least, uh, you know, from what I've seen from afar in Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett doesn't have that problem. He doesn't turn it over, no. So that, to me, it would say, okay, maybe you've got a shot there. Mike Rothstein from ESPN covers the Atlanta Falcons. So here's my concern in the quarterback part, Mike, is that for me, part of being a quarterback guy, a quarterback guru, a quarterback developer, whatever, is first identifying who can actually play the position and win for you what was Arthur Smith's role in draft? Because it seems like he was 0 for 3 here. What was his role in drafting Desmond Ritter and sure. then bringing in Heineke and Mariota for a combined $32 million? 
Yeah, I mean, so let, let's look at what the overall picture was, right? So they had Matt Ryan. They go after Deshaun Watson uh, in a decision that has been called collaborative, but, mm, you know, well, not necessarily. You know, everybody has bosses is the best way to put that. And essentially what happens after that is Matt Ryan, want, they allow him to look for a trade, and then they need to find a quarterback. Well, a lot of the quarterback options really weren't available at that point in time. Marcus Mariota knew the offense, and you figure you can, you know, you can work with that. That quarterback class, as you guys know, because Kenny Pickett was in that quarterback class as well, was maybe the worst quarterback class to come out in, I can't even tell you, I've been covering the NFL for 12 years, uh, you know, at least that long. So Kenny Pickett goes, well, there's not really anyone else that you can feel great about, right? So then Mariota plays, eventually doesn't go well, they start Ritter, and they never said, like, Ritter was the franchise guy, but they're like, we're going to go with him, give him a shot. Rookie contract, cheap. They brought in Taylor Heineke because, frankly, he has shown in the past he can be about a 500 quarterback. You know he can come in in a pinch and handle things and is a very capable, I would argue, probably on the higher end of backup quarterbacks. That's what they did. Neither one of them really worked out. Now, you can say, well, maybe they should have gone after Baker Mayfield. Sure, but Baker Mayfield before uh, before you know, before this year in Tampa had been very up and down. Like, there, there's some some of those questions. I mean, they could have maybe done some other things too. Maybe pushed in the trade market a little bit more to try and get a different quarterback. But they figured they would give Desmond Ritter a shot. But they never said, "Oh, Desmond Ritter is our future for like ten years without question." That was never said. Like that, it was more they wanted to give him a chance, to see, and they believed in him for sure. But they wanted to see what he had, and then you know go from there. For sure, uh, I, I guess what I, I guess what I anything. yeah what I was getting at is I think people may have thought that he would be able to scheme his way it's into fair. into a better passing game, even with you know average or even below the line quarterbacks. I, I think people thought that maybe that's asking too much. I, you know, I mean, listen, if they had average quarterback play last year, we're not having this conversation because he's still here. They probably make the playoffs. I mean, I think it's even more than probable because, look, they were 7-10 and 10 with really, really awful quarterback play. And, you know, that, that's just the truth of it is that you eventually couldn't – you know, there's only so much you can do. You can't – the best way to put this is you can't – like a coach has no control over whether – quarterback ends up turning the ball over right like they're not on the field to do that um you know some of the schemes were good and yeah sometimes he had to go more conservative and that that hurts things too right the carolina game i remember asking him specifically after that carolina game which was really the loss that it felt like sent everything down towards the path of where we're having this conversation now instead of still being in atlanta and i asked him straight away was your game plan too conservative and he essentially kind of said maybe it was and yes, it was a weather game, but also at, at that point, what, what trust, you know, kind of what you would see from Desmond Ritter was that he couldn't hold on to the ball. And what happened? They have the lead. They're in the red zone. He throws maybe the worst pass of his career as an interception. And then the defense can't get, can't get a stop. And they end up giving up a game winning field goal. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do there, but yeah, I would agree that, you know, there's, there's only so much he could have done and maybe there could have been a little bit more schematically, but you can't run the ball every play. You know, Mike, we're wondering here, too, the Steelers have a couple 
uh, you know, emotional wide receivers, I, I, I guess I should say, who make it very clear they want the ball. Is this offense going to be suitable for them? I know maybe play action stuff will open it up for them, right? It should, yeah. I mean, listen, Arthur Smith likes to run the ball. We've seen that everywhere he's been, but he's also very open to, to throwing the ball. Look at the offense that they ran in 2021 with Matt Ryan at the quarterback versus the offense they ran the last two years. It's almost completely different offenses, right? Because you had a quarterback that you knew you could throw. And, I mean, listen, Kyle Pitts was really the only option on that team as a pass catcher after Calvin Ridley had to leave to deal with some mental health issues and they had Russell Gage got hurt like that. They had really nothing else in the past game at that point. And Kyle Pitts had a thousand yard season and set, you know, Falcons records at that point. And then the, the reception record at least. And then the next year, Drake wanted broke the reception record. So, you know, there's ways to get them the ball. And I think that there's, there's not more on offense in Pittsburgh, but you know, they have, two really talented receivers. They have two very talented backs. They have a talented tight end. It's going to come down to the quarterback play, but you know, it seems like Arthur Smith is able to get those guys the ball. When you look at the, the target shares in 2022 for Drake London and Kyle Pitts, they were very high. If you look at even kind of the average, you know, average per game of targets and at least targets, not necessarily receptions, Last season, they weren't awful for Kyle Pitts, especially now knowing he was coming back from a PCL along with an MCL injury and Drake London, but it just didn't necessarily seem like it was enough. And that was one of the things I would say throughout Arthur Smith's tenure that stuck out to me was that it seemed like they didn't necessarily have enough offensive plays um, because in some ways they had to really try to slow the game down and shorten the game, which we've seen teams do when you have deficient quarterback play. Mike Rothstein from ESPN uh, on the fan hotline. So it seems like Arthur Smith is somewhat mild-mannered, but it also seems like when the situation calls for it, or maybe even when it doesn't, uh, he has a little snap ability in him, which I actually like because I think that could be used around here. And at least two examples, Mike, that I saw were when Kurt, when Kurt Warner broke down some of their play calls, and then you guys asked – uh, Arthur Smith about it and he said I don't give a rat's ass and then proceeded to show that he very much did give a rat's ass and then and then uh, the Dennis Allen thing where he snapped so does he have a little bit of that in him what, what's he like personality wise oh he's got some fire in him he, he's got a very uh, I've, I, I've, I'm a New Yorker like I grew up in New York so I understand even though he did not he grew up in Tennessee but uh, and then went to high school in D- outside of D.C. but uh <laughs> He, he has a very dry kind of sarcastic sense of humor to him, which I understood very well and I appreciated because that's very similar to kind of what my sense of humor is. So I understood that very well. Uh, but, yeah, he, he definitely is, can be fiery and definitely has passion to him. There's no question about that. Uh, in terms of the Dennis Allen thing, I mean, as we then later learned, and he did not know this at the time, but, you know, Jameis Winston went rogue on what the play call was. It's supposed to be a victory formation, and then they end up running the ball in. Like, that, that breaks kind of like unwritten football rules, too. So you oh, can yeah. understand where Arthur Smith was perturbed about that. Plus, everybody understood kind of, yeah, his job was in jeopardy. You know, like, it just seemed like that was a, a rough situation and a rough time, you know. But, I mean, listen, he, he'll get after referees. He was getting after referees. 
from time to time. Like, you know, you would see it on broadcast, at least in the preseason. He's not traveling the preseason. Like, sometimes they'd show his face. So there, there is a fire to Arthur Smith without question. Well, I give him a lot of credit, Mike. I, I mean, he put in the time. It's not easy to become an NFL head coach. And, uh, you know, everybody knows up here now about his dad starting FedEx. Um, what did I see? His dad's worth $5.7 billion or something like that. Yet he's still a self-made man, isn't he? He, he is. And, that you know, that was one thing here that a lot of people like, oh, he got the job. No, like – Dude started as a quality control assistant in Washington and then was a quality control guy in Tennessee. Like, he worked his way up the hard way and the long way, and he was believed to be valuable enough in Tennessee that as they cycled through head coaches, he kept getting jobs and getting better jobs, and it wasn't like he was, you know, then failing in those jobs. He was very successful in all of those jobs. Remember, he worked with tight ends. Look at what Delaney Walker and Johnny Smith did, right? Look at the off when he was offensive coordinator in Tennessee, look at what they did, right? Like they were a very successful offense in Tennessee. And then you can argue two of the three years he was in Atlanta as a head coach, they overachieved based off of their roster. And frankly, what the expectations were considering they were dealing with major salary cap issues this past season, you can say, well, no, they did not overachieve or, you know, a lot of people would say they underachieved this past year. But again, I would point to the quarterback play as much as anything with that. So, yeah, but he worked his way up. This wasn't, you know, he, and, I, you know, he, he said this before, and I, I've talked to people in his family before, like, they, they never, they understand where they, you know, that they were fortunate to be born into the situations they were born into, but him and a lot of people in his family worked their way up from, like, the bottom in their respective industries. They realized that, hey, maybe they helped, it helped get them, you know, a shot, but, like, once they were there, like, you don't be a quality control coach for years, if you're not passionate about and willing to put in the work, like find a, find a quality control coach who, who is not trying to do work and you're going to find a quality control coach that's out of a job. Ron, do you have another Arthur Smith question? Because I have an additional question that's not related Go to ahead. Arthur Smith. Go ahead. I'm fine and ready. Mike, this has been great. You're a great guest. Uh, Raheem Thanks. Morris, was yep. that a surprise hire? That's, that's a two-part question here. Was that a surprise hire? Where was Belichick in this in these proceedings? And then the second part is the Falcons, Arthur Blank seemed to go out of his way to say they weren't interested in Lamar Jackson. I don't know that they could have gotten Lamar Jackson, but the lack of interest surprised a lot of people. So we have about two minutes left if you could sure. address those two situations. Yeah, sure. So the second thing first, uh, I mean, the, it was the same thought as a lot of people around the league that no matter what you did, the Ravens were going to match. And, I mean, look at what we've seen this year, right? So, And then what you're doing, too, is you're sending a message to your quarterback that, hey, you know what? We, we're not, we don't get this guy, so we're just going to go with you. Like, I mean, think of the message that sends, especially to a young quarterback, which is what they had, right? But beyond that, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, is Arthur Blank has said over and over, like he's done this study about how much quarterbacks cost against the cap and success rate. Obviously, Patrick Holmes is – kind of blowing that out of the water. But other than Mahomes, you look and it's fairly, you know, getting to the Super Bowl, you look at the quarterbacks and what they cost against the cap. And that's what they, that's their argument. I'm not saying it's the right argument, but that's their argument. Uh, in terms of your other question with Raheem Morris, I was a little surprised. I knew they liked him a lot. He obviously was a finalist because he came in for two interviews. Uh, in terms of Belichick, it just seemed like, you know, I would say probably the Saturday before the hire, things really turned. And all of a sudden, they were talking to a whole bunch of people again, and they, they wanted to get a better sense of things. And 
they really landed on Raheem Morris, a guy that they know, and he hasn't talked yet. He's supposed to talk on Monday uh, in an introductory press conference, but I imagine what you'll hear a lot of is that he gets our culture, he gets what what they're trying to do in that building and and what they believe in, and, and that I think is part of it. Plus, they also know what he can do as a head coach because they've seen it in their own building before. Great stuff, man. We appreciate Thank you, Mike. it. Perhaps we could have you from time to time just to talk about NFL stuff. That would be wonderful. Sure, just let me know anytime. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Take care. What a nice man he was, Ron. Se- seemingly huh? more in uh, Arthur Smith's corner than not in his corner. Oh, definitely. Right? I saw he tweeted out some of the stuff is way over the top in the criticism of Arthur Smith, and he went um, into some analytics where he said this offense wasn't as bad as it seemed. So, yeah, good to get that perspective. How about a little hand for uh, City Limits for getting that, Ron? Very nice, City Limits. And that was at the last second. It was, yeah, earlier today. Despite the way your hair looks today, you're doing an uh, 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 excellent job, I should now, say. Now, you don't yeah. actually design it that way, do you? Is this just... Is that be- bedhead? Is this bedhead? You got out of bed late this morning? This might be bedhead, yes. Or do I do you- put like a product in my hair, though, yeah. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. Like I said, it's early uh, Ace Ventura. Not to be critical. You no, not at you all. You didn't drive here with your front window busted out, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Look at how Got the, the wind blowing in my hair. <laughs> we might be headed toward an ace nickname for him, Ron, because I think sometimes limits or city limits throws people off. They're, they're, like they don't it. realize I that. I like I'm, it, except do you, you don't remember it half the time. I know. You go, What's your name again? Crowley called it an, an elite nickname, city limits. I think it's good. But I, I might be headed toward ace or something in the Jim Carrey realm. Okay. Maybe. We'll see about that. Ron, did you ever wonder and did you ever have the opportunity uh, what it would be like to cover sports in another city? Just talking to this guy, for some reason, I started thinking, what would it have been like if I had spent my whole career in Atlanta covering the Braves and the Falcons and the Hawks and even the Thrashers for a while where they had little bags of fresh popcorn and a Phillips reading light because it was Phillips Arena. Oh, yeah. So they would have like a bedside light at your oh, desk big. when you got that's there. That's big, especially when you get older. And trail mix. Eyes. Yeah, they had trail mix as a snack, yeah. which I don't know why everybody doesn't have trail mix in a press box. Did you ever have an opportunity? I did. Or think um, about that? Not like you. Where where were you going to go? The, I interviewed Herb, in Minnesota Herb to cover Brooks the wild. Wrote, Herb yeah. Brooks wrote the letter of recommendation. Right. And Only Columbus. You, how could you not get the job with Herb Brooks pushing for you? Maybe they didn't want a coach giving a guy a recommendation. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I had one opportunity. I, I never was going to leave once, you know, I ended up in Pittsburgh. Um, I was at the Beaver County Times, and uh, the Baltimore News American flew me down to talk about covering the Baltimore Orioles. Holy and horse It was going to be like my dream job. What year? Oh, man, maybe 80. 81 coming off a world series appearance they were good um yeah and i mean in baltimore then the the baseball team was the big story in town that was the big beat if you will um and they flew me down interviewed me i met with the sports editor he goes we really like you we're going to offer you the job we'll pay you x amount of money and i go i'll take it i'm in so he goes i just need you to meet my uh, managing editor, this was a sports editor, I need you to meet my managing editor tomorrow. And I go, great, I'm, tell him I'll take him. So I meet with him, and he offered me less than what the sports editor said. What? And it, he goes, well, I said, well, he told me last night. And he goes, well, I can't go that high. And I go, 
this just, I got a bad feel for this. It wasn't the money. It was just a bad feel. Yes. How it happened. I turned them down. So now, wouldn't you believe it? This That might have been 82. Uh, now, that same managing editor becomes the sports editor at the Pittsburgh Press. Wow. And I'm thinking, I'll never get a chance to go there, right? Who, what guy's going to give you the chance to turn them down twice? I was one of the first two people he called, and I was one of the first two people he hired. So Bob Herzl and I. Uh, were the two people he hired, and I, I always give him credit. He gave me a second chance, and it was it was a much better feel. What was his name? Russ Brown. Oh, Russ Brown, yes, of course. So I came that close to going to Baltimore. Now I guess things have a way of working out. Year two, five years later, about five years, uh, News American went bankrupt out of business. Now, that is maybe, absolutely incredible. Maybe and- I would have you know, <clears throat> done well doing the baseball beat. Maybe I'd have been offered – it would have opened paths for me. But the you news, would have been a columnist in but, Baltimore, but opining news, on Lamar Jackson. But the News American went out of business. And but, Joe Flacco, you would have followed Joe Flacco's career very uh, closely. I talked to Joe Flacco's dad before the Super Bowl, and Joe Flacco got pissed and shut his dad off. <laughs> I think there's three lessons in your story, Ron. Would you like to hear them? Don't burn bridges. That's one. That's one. I, I mean, Do I do not parted, burn I, bridges. I parted with Russ very. I, I said, "Hey, Russ, I just." I don't feel good about this. You know, I didn't say you dumbass. Why are right. you? I didn't. I didn't do that. Very smart. My mom always told me that. And and then the way my life played out, I've had two bosses in two wildly different places that I never thought they would show up. As I'm sure you didn't think he would show up in Pittsburgh. Right. One of them was here, Jim Gracie. Right. He was my boss at ESPN. I never thought he would show up again. It didn't end at ESPN with us on the greatest of terms. But I was very nice and cordial. Right. Kevin Smith, sports editor at the Valley well, we News like to Dispatch. Call Smitty. Smitty. I left the Valley News Dispatch in 95. Never dreamed that he would be my sports editor at the Trib. But he was. But he was. You just don't know, especially when it's in the same business. Yeah. Who's going to show up again in your life? Never burn bridges. That's, That's great number advice one. for kids out there today. You know what number two is, Ron? What's and it relates to the Steelers search, honestly. When you have your guy, get him. Yeah, Keep he him. He liked me. Russ liked me. Keep him then. He should have, those two should have made sure they were on the same page if they really liked you, which Russ did. Get yeah. your guy while you have the chance because you might lose him. Oh, it I, seems to me that the Steelers had, had Arthur Smith uh, as their guy. And word is now, a story broke yesterday, he was, he was going to be on his way to Tampa. And Tomlin's like, he goes to Tampa, I may, may never see him again. That may explain why not more interviews. They got their man then. You know what the third lesson is, Ron? What's that? And that one comes straight from you. Go with your gut feel yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. You had a bad feeling. Were you? Did you have a beard then? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, you were sitting there with your beard, which was oh, darker than— I mean, than this was my— You had a suit on. This was my dream job. Right. I mean, back then, this was all before 9-11, obviously, traveling, going to the games as a single guy. Would have been it was my dream job, and I was at the Beaver County Times, and they treated me like gold there. Right, but I this I, I said I'm in on a Tuesday night. I was in on a Wednesday morning. I wasn't because of a gut feel. Yep, yep. It's a great story, and I, I give Russ Brown all the credit in the world because a lot of people wouldn't give you a chance to turn them down twice. Right. Yes, that's a very happy story. 
As a young man, Austin, what did you take from the story? Were you inspired by Ron's story? Well, I think part of what Ron said at first, definitely don't burn bridges. You never know who's going to come back around no matter what position it might be, especially just for me being young and trying to make a good first impression on everybody. Right. It's something that can stick with people, despite my hair. Sometimes it's not easy. You like to pick on you got to swallow your pride and not burn those bridges. It's not always easy. No, it's not always easy. Try to end things nicely, even if you're not being treated well. Just say, thank you for everything. I had to do what was best for my family. Yeah, my mom always says, just treat people the way that you would like to be treated. And I mean, it, I think that's the golden rule. Right? Truth in the matter. There because is truth you in just, that. You just don't know. It's an unpredictable well, world. Yeah. As far as like career and livelihood goes, that's very true. And then some things just end poorly, Ron. There's not much you can do. Not much you can do. Where do we go from here? I know where we go from here. Mark Caballi had the most incredible take of this Steelers offseason right here on this show yesterday. We're going to replay it for you next. It was the single most incredible take from anybody on the Steeler offseason. Have you uh, glanced at the Dulac chat yet, by the way? I have. There's a couple things in there for sure. We need to get to those, too. Uh, if not today, tomorrow for sure. There's uh, It's evergreen, as they say, Ron, the Dulac chat. Okay. Johnny Sins, I think, might have weighed in this week. How about Corn Fetter? Very good. Dr. Corn Fetter? I, I, I yeah. remember that. I don't know if he did. We're going to get to Kabali's incredible take. <laughs> we're a ga- big boy. We're going to get to Jeff Saturday and Dominique Foxworth talking about the possibility of Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh. And we're going to get back to Peter King with some really strong takes on how he doesn't think the Steelers can win unless they bring a different quarterback in here. All of that coming up. In the meantime, uh, I want to tell you about J.P. Roofing and Siding. Joe Potochnik has a hell of a mustache. We'll start the story there. Actually, the story starts 42 years ago today. Not today. It's not an anniversary. I accidentally lied there. I don't know why I even said today. 42 years ago, Joe started a business, had the guts to do it, to strike out on his own. Roofing, siding, 42 years later, nationally recognized, platinum preferred, all of that. You don't thrive in a market like this for that long unless you're leaving the customer satisfied. And Joe always has. Weather turning, it'll turn again. Maybe you want to prevent a problem. Maybe you want to fix one. Either way, this is the place to go. JP Roofing and Siding. $500 off any roofing or siding installation for homeowners right now. Give them a call. 412-829-7711. That's 829-7711. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Who Needs a Restart, presented by locally owned Restart It Services, Restart IT Services, I should say, Ron. Restart IT Services, expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestartrestart.com. <laughs> we want to restart the restart? Yeah, let's restart. That's unbelievable that it's called restart. Here we go. I'm going to do that whole read over again. Are you ready for this, Ron? I am. Who needs a restart? <laughs> we Me. do. We do. I do. I do. Presented locally by locally owned Restart 
IT services. Expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestart.com. That's callrestart.com. And the time right now is 1237, brought to you by Gina Giampietro of Remax Select Realty. Joe, I want to talk to you about Mr. Rooter Plumbing. Well, I saw the truck today. I saw it. It was it was had a uh, something like a, a tractor trailer behind it, if you will. A Mr. Rooter Plumbing truck. I look for them every day coming to work. There's over 50 of them out every single day, and uh, I saw it today. Right, I'm headed down 79 to 279 split. Right past that, staying on 79. There was a Mr. Rooter Plumbing truck. I beeped the horn when I went by and smiled, not because somebody has a plumbing problem, but because somebody had the good sense to call 412-Rooter-2, 412-Rooter-2. And that truck, I don't know, headed to somebody's home, maybe to fix a broken water heater, maybe to uh, somebody's business to fix a clogged sink. Wherever, uh, the people who had the problem were smart to call 412-Rooter-2. Bob Beal has built a plumbing company empire going on uh, 21 years in this market. That truck I saw, one of over 50 out on the road every day. You can't help but see him, and you can't help but smile because you know somebody is getting a plumbing problem taken care of. The number one more time, 412-Rooter-2. It is Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Rooter Plumbing. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Last night, Pitt Basketball came back from down 12 against Wake Forest for Jeff Capel's 250th win of his career, 77-72. Bob Carrington, 24 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists for the freshman in the victory. Duquesne beat Chicago State. West Virginia beat Cincinnati. Penn State beat Rutgers on the road. Robert Morris today is at Oakland. And on this date in 2009, the Steelers were named Super Bowl champions, 6 Lombardi for the Steelers in Tampa Bay against the Arizona Cardinals. Headlines are Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What'd you think when I asked Peter King about Mike McDonald if the Seahawks hit a home run and he said ground rule double? Yeah. Not uh, not even a clean double. Not even a – it had bounced over the fence, right? What would you make of that, Ron? Uh, you know, I, I didn't give it a lot of thought at the time. I definitely heard what he said. Um, obviously, he might not be – you know, maybe he doesn't like a defensive background coach, right? Uh, although now Washington just went with Dan Quinn. His background is defense too, right? Exactly. Yes, listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 93.7thefan.com contesting page. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. And we're right up on the 50-minute mark on the fan, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. There's been a lot of takes from a lot of places since Steeler season ended on a lot of different things, mostly the quarterbacks, the coordinator, and the head coach. 
Nobody has topped the big boy. This arrived as a surprise. So you're going to hear me at the end of our interview with Mark Caballi of The Athletic yesterday in our free association. Quick answer, quick quick question, quick answer. Slide in who's going to be the two quarterback. It went right over my head. I think I think I, Ron and I, Bob heard it. We looked at each other, and yeah. then I questioned him at the end of it. So you'll hear what he said, and then you'll hear our reaction flummoxed at the end of this thing. Take a listen, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Cancer is here. You ready? Is Deontay on the team next year? Yes. Najee get his fifth-year option? Yes. Who's going to be the second quarterback? Mitch. Mitch. How many games will Kenny it get went, to play poorly right at the beginning right. before they now replace here it goes. him? That's because Bob was 13. singing. Oh, Mount Washington oh, takes a somebody step forward as a receiver show. next year. No. Holcomb will be back. Midway. Patrick Queen will be here. No. Big signing of Legarius Sneed this offseason. No. Any big signing on defense? Uh, I think they'll get the. I think they'll be interested in the cornerback for Chicago. They tried to trade for last year with Presley Harvin back. He's back, but doesn't mean he'll win a job. What's he going to be? The second string punter? No, they're going to bring in competition. Is he going to punt next year? Yes. For the Steelers. (laughs) <laughs> yes. All things being equal, which position would you take in the first round? Defensive line. Will they draft a quarterback? No. Thank you, Dr. Oh, I Cavalli. got one follow there. Did you say <laughs> the second quarterback would be Mitch? Did you me- Mitch. mean to say Mason, or did you mean uh, Trubisky will be the second quarterback? I meant Mitch Trubisky. Here's my thought real quick on that. Wow. Wow. That went over you. I thought he said Mitch. This and I, is I, incredible. I, I looked at Ron the same thing. I said, I just wondered, Mitch? did he say Mason by wow. Mitch by mistake? No, no, no. Go ahead, because no, you're Mitch, the only I'm, person that I've heard say he'll be back. Yeah, I think Mitch will come back. Uh, this is what I think will happen with Mason. They'll try to sign him free free agency. And if they can do that, obviously Mason will be number one. If Mason is hell bent of getting the free agency and looking, he'll be gone. But they could preempt that by trying to sign him before March 15th, which I think they will try to. Wow. They only made one big boy, didn't they, Ron? I, I just, I, I, that blew me away when he said that. Percent chance that Mitch is back. I would have said zero. You know, now maybe with what he's saying, he, you know, a little bit more, I guess if Mason leaves for sure, Mitch is already under contract, and then they bring in a third guy, uh, you know, maybe a veteran, uh, you know, a, a Tannehill type, or dare we dream big, Russell Wilson. Um, maybe I could see it happening then, but it just seemed to me like they are so down on him. Uh, I mean, Tomlin benched uh, him late in that indie game and went with the guy, Mason, who – and the way he talked about him and the way they've talked about months. him since? Right. What? A year and 13 games. I thought there was zero chance after hearing that. I think there's less than a zero chance. <laughs> there's no way they're they're bringing Mitch Trubisky back. I don't think so either. Save a lot of money uh, under the cap, too. I think they lose some dead money, but, I mean, real money. But I still think I don't see them bringing him back. Here's Nor a list. do I think he would want to come back. Although well, he, is under he may contract. not have a choice. I'd, I'd want $8 million, wouldn't right. you? He's or whatever contract. they want if on a pay cut. Right. 
Here's a list of quarterbacks that Mike Tomlin, I think, would bring in over Mitch Trubisky if they were available. You ready, Ron? Yep. Jake Browning, Tim Boyle, Kyle Trask, Brett Rippon, Clayton Toon, <laughs> Sam Ellinger, Kyle Allen, Blaine Gabbert, Sean Clifford, Bailey Zappi, Easton Stick, Tyson Badgett, P.J. Walker, Where are Desmond you Ritter, these names? Half Mike of them White, I never heard of. Cooper Mike Rush, White of the Post-Gazette. Davis Wills, Mills, Jarrett Stidham, Drew Locke. Would you like me to keep going? I, I think I got your point. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> but you're going to keep going anyway. I think Josh Dobbs might actually be here. Maybe. They As maybe him. a third alternative. They know him. Because I could keep going if you wanted me to. Yeah, I will. C.J. Beathard, Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor, Tyler Huntley, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, and Andy Dalton. And maybe Duck Hodges. <laughs> Ducks uh, on the red carpet with Laney. What's her name? Laney Wilson. Laney Wilson. I yeah. have never seen Tomlin so outwardly disgusted with a quarterback's play than he was with Mitch down the stretch this year. Now, I know he kept him in a game or two too long, but, man, did they hit bottom together. Yeah, there's no chance. At, at Indy. Back. At Indy. There's just no chance. I would agree. None. So what's the big boy thinking? Maybe he's right. Maybe I'm wrong. There's a better chance Chris Oladokun is back than they keep Chris Oladokun, thank you for adding to that list. Yes. He's going to the Super Bowl. Again. On the, did he go last year? He was on their team last year. On the, on the Chiefs what, practice squad? Steelers cut him. That's right. Maybe Oladokun was the answer all the time, Ron. Maybe, Maybe he's, he could have been the, the Steelers' Brock Purdy. behind Patrick Mahomes. He does the scout team. He Maybe he's their better. most important player on defense. Joe, I got to interrupt here to say, are you, have you noticed what's happening outside? Sunny and nice. Sunny and nice. 47. I know. Are you thinking? No, I'm doing. Oh, off for yeah, sure on the golf course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I complications you, like taking care of my family. It's all these little these not, inconveniences that get in the way of golfing. You're not gonna let this sun go to waste. No, I'm gonna be out there one by hook or by crook. What time is it? Did I? It's twelve. Did I for the second day read that? I don't know what I'm doing, Austin. You're Can on you track. I'm on track. <laughs> Bless you. God bless God you. God bless Ron. me. That was violent. Did you break I, a rib? I, I turned my mic off and went turned the other way, but I guess it still was pretty loud. Having said that, the big boy is always entertaining, isn't he? he our, our reaction to it at the end was phenomenal. <laughs> he is always entertaining. We just didn't know what to make of that. I didn't hear him the first time because Bob was singing. Did you hear that? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That's why it threw me off. Coming up. How dare anyone sing during our show? During our show, especially. Jeff Saturday, Dominique Foxworth on the possibility, I guess, the prospect of Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh. Would that be a good idea? You'll hear from them. And then Peter King. Ron asked a very insightful, kind, searing, penetrating question. Thank you very kindly for and that. And Peter King had a very interesting answer because he seems to be like a lot of us stuck in this in this purgatory of we get it the Steelers need to find out i guess what they have in their first round pick from 2 years ago you got to find out what you have right i guess so but if if you're bent on doing that then how can you also bring in another quarterback like one who is a legit starter you can't you can't have both unless maybe it is russell wilson Maybe he gets no bites elsewhere. Maybe he thinks this is a good possibility he'll start here because of the shaky ground the starter's on. 
it's a very, very tricky situation, and Peter King um, navigated it, made the attempt to navigate it earlier today. We'll replay those comments as well. Fan weather, as Ron just mentioned, brought to you by Sun Chevy. 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado, sunchevy.com. Cloudy skies today, and by cloudy, we mean sunny. High of 48, low of 35 tonight, tomorrow cloudy, which probably means sunny, and a high of 42. It's cooking, Joe. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Washington Commanders, they found their new head coach. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn fills the final head, va- head coaching vacancy in the NFL. Pit basketball last night won 77-72 at the Peterson Event Center after being down by 12 points in the second half. Pitt returns to the floor on Saturday, hosting Notre Dame at 6. Our coverage begins here on the fan at 5.30, and you can also hear it on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 93.7thefan.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.